Greetings and salutations. Welcome to Ref the District's Day After Reckoning. I'm not Mario. I am Nathan Perry. It is Halloween and I did take the kids out. Don't worry. I still got the onesie on because that is right. It's back to back to back victory for the Washington Commanders. I'm Nathan. That's the stoner. Of course, Trev is rocking it down there in Lexington, Virginia at the Sky Bar. Be sure to check him out. We do the day after reckoning, the day after Washington plays, and we break down the game the day before. We do this live every day after at 7.30 on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter, and then we put it up on your favorite audio platforms. Make sure you check us out there as well. If you haven't already, make sure that you like this video. Subscribe to the channel. Yes, please. And uh, you know, big, big time help. There's a couple other things here in the housekeeping section to, to uh, note. First, we got a few sponsors that we want to recognize here. Of course, um, one, it's, uh, you know, we got manscaped.com. You can go out to manscaped.com, use the code REF for a 20% discount and free shipping. Get all the goods there. We appreciate manscaped.com. Again, use the code REF. Unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job. All right, next we got Pacers running for every run. They've got you taken care of. Check them out in the D five stores in the DMV or online. I actually just picked up another pair of shoes just to make sure that it's a uh, um, a uh, you know I keep my feet nice and fresh. And, there you go. Uh, and that's what Pacers running is known for. Make sure that they're that they're the good. And then. Uh, uh, of course, I mentioned Sky Bar there. While we're talking about Sky Bar and um, and Pacers running, I think it's a great time to mention that both of those organizations have donated to our Ref the District Season of Giving. So as we know, you have the ability to win two sweet tickets. That's what we're putting up for, for grabs, two sweet tickets with a parking pass. When you're in the suite, all your food and drink are taken care of. So going to be some great time. Uh, and then now we have a gift package from the Sky Bar. We have a pair of shoes from Pacers Running. Yep. And we have uh, a signed D'Angelo Hall jersey, uh, courtesy of the Woodbridge Collectibles. Wood, Wood, Woodbridge Collectibles. Yep. And then we have two $100 gift cards. Uh, to Guy Ferry's uh, restaurants down there in D.C. So mm -hmm. that one's courtesy of them as well. Uh, great, great stuff. Again, all you have to do is go out to uh, our website. It's down at the bottom there. Uh, you can go directly to that site. Donate $1, one ticket. Or you can do $5 for six tickets and then $10 gets you 15 The mega deal, though, if you hit give it $25, you'll get 50 tickets. Increments will go up as you as you do it. So if you give us $100, it's 200, 200 uh, tickets. If you give us you know, 75, we'll give you, you know, those 50, 50, 50 as well. So 150. If you give us like $35, we'll do 25 and then 10. We'll give you the best deal for it. 
none of the money comes to us. It goes directly to the Fisher House. And we appreciate all the donations there. They're a great charity providing places for families to stay when their loved ones, their military loved ones or vet loved ones are getting medical care that they need. So free of charge. So you can help make that happen. Donate directly by going to that site that you can see down there on the screen. So, all right, now we got all that good stuff. I'll leave that one up there just a little bit. Yeah, leave it up there. Happy Halloween to those in the chat. We got Craig, Chris, my mom, Yam, uh, out there reminding me. It's a me, uh, Nathan, as I it is Halloween, and I'm rocking a Mario mustache for our audio listeners uh, with the hat, but still rocking that onesie. And uh, rocking the smiles here, Stoner. It was a. It's another victory Monday. Yeah, man. What do you? What did you make of this win? Well, it was. It wasn't super pretty, uh, but it got the job done. The guys rallied around Taylor uh, late in the fourth quarter, which was great. Uh, guys made plays out there, both offensively and defensively. Special teams as well. Everybody came through. They did what they had to do to get this victory over a team that's just not very good, and that's fine. All you can do is one week at a time, play the guys in front of you, and see if you can beat them. And then if you do, you chalk it up in the win column and you move on to the next one. Let's not today, let's let's not try to make a whole referendum on Taylor Heineke as our quarterback for the next four or five years. Let's just talk about this particular victory. Then come Wednesday, we'll figure out, you know, who's the best guy for the job on Wednesday. But I do have to tell you, I went back and watched the game, and I watched every Taylor throw uh, very closely. And I got to tell you, I'm not a Taylor guy. I'm not a Sam Howell guy. I'm really not a Carson Wentz guy, but of the three, Carson's my guy. Um, He wasn't bad. He was actually pretty good. So, so during the stream, Stoner, yeah. you were telling me that he's yes. being outplayed yes. by Sam Ellinger. He was. Okay. Until. Until he was. Until, until he was. <laughs> right, so right. this is, I thought it was, you know, I thought it was closer than what you were making it during the live stream. Mm-hmm. And um, because he, he definitely had some good plays there. Obviously the, 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 the offense was stalling. They didn't get, you know, they only had seven points at the half. And then of course, finishing with 17 points isn't exactly game breaking. It mm. was game winning, mm-hmm. but the offense did kind of struggle, but he wasn't really playing that bad. And, and to say that you, you know, Sam Ellinger was out dueling him. I thought I he was. was a, a bit disingenuous because I felt mm. like that battle was pretty close. Maybe, maybe Sam Ellinger was having a little bit better of a day, but I really felt like you were so staunchly saying that that Taylor Heineke was having kind of a bad day, and I didn't see that. So I'm glad on rewatch you kind of were like, no, he actually was doing a little bit better than what you thought. What about it that what what on the rewatch made you think that he was actually having a much better day? Well, because other than the the one interception that he had, he had he had only one other that I thought was a turnover worthy play that was just a boneheaded play. And that was late in the first half when they were trying to convert a third down and he was scrambling around and he threw a pass that was way wide. I think of Samuel, maybe it was McClellan. Anyway, it almost got picked off. Mm. Other than that, he used his legs. 
He he ran for at least three first downs with his legs. He got out of the pocket when he needed to. He showed really good pocket presence. And he made some plays. He made some big-time plays. Now, again, this is not a whole thing about Taylor Heineke as the quarterback of the future. That's not what I'm saying. In this game, he made enough plays. And we talk about, sure, they only scored 17 points. I get that part, right? But again, you watch the game. Both teams were trying to run the ball. They ran the ball for a total of 57 times between the two teams. You know what that does? Clock, clock, Mm -hmm. clock. They didn't have a lot of possessions. Now, some of their possessions, they had those dreaded three and outs. And they had plays where they would try a sweep and uh, they would lose five yards. The next thing you know, they're in second and 15, which – this team really isn't that good at, at doing at converting those long ones. But he he made a lot of plays and he didn't make the catastrophic mistake. That one interception was bad. It was right after I believe Washington scored. And then he threw that catastrophic intersect interception um on the first first play, or right after Indy scored, sorry. And then he threw it on the very first play on first down from the 25. And he threw an interception and they went down. And and I believe that's I'm getting everything kind of convoluted in my head about when it happened, but it didn't kill him. And he made a lot of plays, especially in the fourth quarter. I'm again, I'm not saying he's the quarterback of the future, but I thought he played very well. He made some really good throws that game. Really good throws. He wasn't throwing behind guys. He wasn't throwing over guys. He wasn't throwing a lot of bad passes. He just wasn't, and he only threw the ball 20, 31 times, 31 times, I believe. He had 31 attempts, and I think he was 24. 31 31? attempts, 20, 23 for 31. 23, so he missed eight eight throws, and a couple of them were throwaways, and a couple of them were misses. He, he was great. I mean, he, was, he wasn't great. He was almost great. I would have given him a B. And, I, th- I think you can win fair. with a B. I mean, yeah, you 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 can, and obviously with his play, I mean, maybe I'd probably go down to a C plus. The the pick was nasty. There were a few few uh, passes that weren't as accurate as I would have liked. You right, like there was the one to Curtis Samuel. If he throws it to him in stride, there's an extra. I mean, it was it ended up being a first down regardless. But if you throw it in the stride, that's a streaking Curtis Samuel mm-hmm. that you have. Uh, the big one uh, to Terry McLaurin at the end that got to the one, if he throws that on target, that's mm-hmm. just a walk and touchdown. That's right. how bad Terry McLaurin beat him. Not a great Terry, throw. Not a great throw. Amazing catch there by Terry yeah. McLaurin. But it wasn't catastrophic. But, yeah, it wasn't. While we're talking about him, let's go ahead and, yeah, we can pull pull up the uh, the Heineke stats here oh, yeah, there you go. that we have. And we'll take off the uh, the banner now that we've, we've had that up for a moment there. Yeah, what's So, yeah, 200, 279 yards, QBR 55.4, 50s average. Right. And so, he, like I said, he was right, right in there, C-plus type deal. Sure. I was actually surprised when I made this graphic that he only had 29 yards. Didn't it feel like he had – Maybe it was just that he had so such key rushes. Yeah, that it felt like he ended up having more. Yeah, um, I think I think that's fair. And, and uh, because he 
you know, there were just those those times where he was getting first downs with his legs or he's extending plays with his legs. Mm-hmm. And that's something, you know, I know we're not getting into the the Wentz, uh, you know, Taylor uh, debate today, but that is a, an area of Taylor's game that, you know, is different. You know, he they're both going to extend the the play clock a little bit. Mm-hmm. They're going to extend, extend the play, but... Taylor's going to do it by kind of scrambling and, and moving about there. And so, mm-hmm. you know, that's, that's something to kind of think about. And, and he, you know, used those legs to keep himself alive and, and make some of these passes. That was nine yards, uh, a completion. Mm-hmm. Uh, so not great, but not terrible. I mean, if you're throwing nine yards of completion, that's almost a first down with every pass. Yeah. That's right. right. And, and which they needed because the ground game, as you mentioned, they did stick with it. They ran the ball 28 times. Yeah. But only 96 yards on those, that 28 attempts is good for right. 3.4. I mean, one of those was a little it. skewed. Terry McLaurin was uh, a rush for negative seven yards. Yeah. It was a backwards pass. Um, but, yeah. But they uh, stuck with it, right? Don't you, don't you like that? That even though they're not having these big, big gainers and big gainers they're they're still they're sticking with it they're keeping they're keeping the defense honest you got to do that you got to have that in your game plan where you're gonna just gonna run the ball even if you're not totally successful and that's yeah. that's what i thought they did they, they they were they were doing a lot of work john kime had a wonderful uh tweet out there on b rob where he uh brian robinson is like just money on third and two or or less. Now mm-hmm. he did get stuffed on fourth and one. Mm-hmm. Part of that was the um just the O-line kind of given up there. I thought the O-line had kind of a mix and match day. It wasn't particularly great, but it wasn't bad. Um I think Taylor kind of bails him out a couple times uh when it comes to that. So it's you know it's kind of mix, mixed bag. What did you think about the offensive line there? Um you know, the offensive line is is not good. Okay, they're just not good. And the reason a lot of time that Ter- that uh, Taylor was in trouble is because the offensive line was just collapsing in on him. The interception that he threw was because he basically got hit when he threw it, and it wasn't a a long drop back where he was back there looking. He just took his normal five step drop, and then he got hit as he. Th- as he's throwing it. Now, he probably should not have even thrown that. There was plenty of Colts around. I think it was Cam Sims was the uh, intended receiver. And that's the that's the uh, predicament you get into when if something like that happens, you don't have your margin for error so low because there was a lot of Colts defenders around there. So he definitely just should not have even thrown it. He just, just should have ate it and took taken the sack. But what's interesting to note is that he is being pressured – I saw this stat today, and I don't have it in front of me. On forty-four percent of his dropbacks, so every other time he drops back, he's getting pressured. Mm-hmm. That's a lot, and, and even Carson Wentz, who one time took nine sacks in a game, his pressure rate is under thirty percent. Even in that game that he got sacked nine times, he was pressured less than thirty percent in that game because he's just holding on the ball too long, and he doesn't, for whatever reason, he doesn't have that awareness in the pocket. And Taylor does. Taylor knows when to step up. Taylor knows when to step back. Taylor knows when to move right and when to move left. And that's not always great for the play that it was intended to be, but it turns into a good play. I mean, those that last drive that they had when he um, 
when he led them down the field, right, the two big plays, you had the fourth and one conversion to Curtis Samuel. That was because he um, because he got away. He, he jumped backwards from a sack on fourth and one. That would have been the ball game. He jumped backwards, took off to the right side, and then found Samuel for that like four or five yard gain. That was huge. And then, of course, the touchdown, or not touchdown, but the long play to Terry down to the one-yard line, he was back there jumping all around, jumping all around, jumping all around, buying time until somebody got open, and then he threw it. So his his ability to uh, command the pocket and move around is helping to offset the lack of offensive line play. Mm-hmm. Is the best way I can put it. Yeah. So that was the long-winded answer of the offensive line stunk. Yeah, and to to bring that up, it was uh, Sam Fortier, uh, Fortier who had that uh, that stat there with the pressures. Yeah, is it forty-four percent? Yeah, he t- he tweeted out the value of Taylor Heineke's mobility continued QB pressure rate and sacks. Uh, Taylor Heineke took two sacks yesterday with a forty-four point seven percent pressure rate. Uh, mm-hmm. The last week it was 51.4 with the one sack. Wentz uh, was 20 with three, 27.9 with three, 42.2 with two, 41.8 and nine sacks, and then no, 39.6 and five sacks. Yeah. Uh, and then 20 and one. So I, I, a lot of that I do think is comes down to some of that. Some of that's the play calling as well. Mm. Um, and because you were seeing where. You know, he was Carson Wentz with him there. They were trying to do all these dump offs, right? Uh, I mean, obviously, the nine sack game was when he was taking seven step drops and the, you know, you had turnstiles for an offensive line. Mm-hmm. But it's like I said, both want to extend because they want to see some of those, those, those big plays develop. Uh, I think Carson Wentz is, has, does have a better arm to make those, but. Taylor Heineke has been doing a good job keeping those plays alive. Again, we're not really wanting to get into that debate uh, today. Uh, I see that the debate is raging there in the uh, in is the comment it? section. Yeah, we appreciate everyone uh, getting there. Yeah, a lot of a lot of people, and, and you know, to be fair, you have you know a lot of people are you know asking why can't Taylor Heineke be the answer? I mean, the guy yeah. does have a winning record. After having played 17 games here in Washington, he's nine and eight. Yeah. And he won another one. He came from behind. He was able to, uh, you know, show some of that grit. Now, he did have some help throughout the game. Uh, one of those players uh, who I thought was really special mm-hmm. uh, yesterday was this man right here, Antonio yep. Gibson. Only 19 yards on seven carries. So, not particularly special on the ground. Uh, but 58 yards, a touchdown with seven catches as they just lined them up. This is what I like to see. I said it in the beginning of the year, Gibson, even with Brian Robinson, I know everyone loves Brian Robinson, mm-hmm. but I said Gibson's going to be the most productive back in this, this three-headed monster that Washington should have. J.D. McKissick kind of had a stinker of a game again, hasn't really been used, but Antonio Gibson has just been an absolute beast for this team. Mm-hmm. And I liked seeing him. One of the, the the complaints that we had was they were using they weren't using Gibson in the beginning 
of the games. They were letting Brian Robinson, you know, wear out the defense and then running Gibson. They were using Gibson early and it seemed to be pretty effective. He only saw 22 snaps. So, so out of 22 snaps, he, he got the ball 14 out of those. So mm-hmm. they, if he's out there, he's likely going to get it. What did you think of the running backs in total? Gibson, Brian Robinson, and J.D. McKissick, who also saw 22 snaps yesterday. Yeah, I thought I thought the running backs were great. Um, like you said, especially with Gibby. He had seven catches on seven targets, I believe. So mm-hmm. anytime Taylor threw to him, he caught it. And there was the one play on a swing pass where he basically scooped it up off the ground. It was so low. And he ended up getting a first down on that. You can also kind of see the confidence in Gibson going, you know, raising because when he gets that, there's like a different gear that he's getting into that we haven't seen yet. And there was the one play where he was going down the sideline that he actually stepped out of bounds 20 yards earlier. He was hauling butt on that. Yeah, if he, he doesn't calling. step out of bounds, like yeah, like that that was like you said about twenty yards yeah. more that he had because he was just just another gear, absolutely another gear. Yam here, uh, Gibson has so many tools in place he can be involved in, and they were doing it, and they were they were they were using him uh, every bit way. Uh, Hoan uh, asks. Uh, would Ron Rivera extend Gibson no, or don't running backs to Diamond a dozen? Don't yeah, I think especially as he as he's been, unless he's you're getting him for cheap, you're you're going to move on. You're going to find something else there. On Brian Robinson, do you have something to say? So before I go to that comment, do you got you want to yeah, add something? Why can't this? Let's think about four or five years ago. Why can't this offense, as it's constructed, and hear me out? before everybody starts laughing and calling me an idiot. Why can't this be the Saints from five years ago? Why can't Gibby be Kamara? Why can't B-Rob be Mark Ingram? Why can't Heineke be Drew Brees? Drew Brees does not have, never had a strong arm. I mean, the whole reason he ended up in New Orleans is because of his shoulder injury that Miami didn't want to sign him, right? Back in when they were trying to figure out who to sign, they ended up with Dante Culpepper instead because they didn't think he had the arm. And he doesn't have a great arm. He's got this, which Taylor probably doesn't have, right? But you don't have to have that great arm if you've got the weapons and you design an offense. Now, Washington doesn't have a Sean Payton, right, uh, calling these plays and all that other stuff and designing an offense. But that's the type of weapons that you have. I would take Gibby as a comparison to Kamara. And I would take Robinson as a comparison to um, Mark Ingram from four or five years ago. That's that's the kind of things that they can do. So let's try and continue to do that. And I thought they did that this game. They were trying to pound Robinson up the middle, and they were trying to get Gibby out in space, both on sweeps and with swing passes. And I think that's a good offensive um, idea for these guys. Don't have Taylor sitting back there and looking all over the place and trying to throw 20 yards downfield. He can't do it, he's, or he's not very good at it. So get those swing passes. Get Curtis Samuel up the gut sometimes. Get Curtis Samuel on jet sweeps, all this other stuff that they've been doing. Their offense is starting to develop a little bit with Taylor Heineke in there. So 
I just kind of want to say that about the uh, uh, about the Robinson and uh, Gibby deal. Yeah. Uh, Gus Bus adds that JD McKissick could be Darren Sproles in that sure. situation. So, uh, big moves who will be joining us in uh, just a little bit. Montana, Brady, Breeze, both Mannings didn't have cannons. I think Brady's got a cannon. I, I, I think, think any any one of those, no. even Drew Breeze, can unload it. But we've seen we've seen uh, Taylor Heineke unload it. Yeah, you know, it's not necessarily their the strong part of their game, but. Uh, they they can get there. I think that Heineke does have a bit of – his arm strength is a weakness. I do think it gets overplayed. Large part is his mechanics just continue to be awful. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we, we've charted those before where he's you know throwing off the back foot. He's not thrown into it. Uh, but he did – I mean, he had a 42-yard pass play to this man right here Terry McLaurin is uh-huh. him, is absolutely that guy. Um, had a special day, six receptions, 113 yards. Those six receptions were off of eight targets. Uh, some of those targets I felt were a bit erroneous. Uh, yeah, when they like throw it, he throws it out of bounds and Terry's the closest. Yeah, like 10 yards away from it. And I'm like, yeah, he's targeted there. Uh, <laughs> what did you make of our man Terry today? I mean, Terry, I mean, Jesus, um, what superlatives have not been used for Terry McLaurin that we can come up with? Because he's everything that you can think of in terms of any sort of superlative. He is basically the perfect human being. I don't know how much better you can get. If I had daughters, I'd want my daughters to marry him. That's the kind of guy he is the kind of teammate he is, the kind of leader he is, and most important, none of that would we would care about if he wasn't a great player. And he's a great player, okay? He makes plays that make other guys look good. And as he said in the locker room, everybody's seen the clips now, he does it for his teammates. Mm-hmm. And he lets them know that. And that's the kind of guy that teammates – like to surround themselves with. So there's, there's, you just can't say enough good things. That crossing pattern that he had, which by the way, Taylor threw a perfect on time, um, right in his gut in full speed, right across the middle. And he caught it and he gave a guy a stiff arm. And next thing you know, he went down for 40 something yards. Right. And then of course the play over Stefan Gilmore, who's not, some rookie cornerback, by the way, right, was an amazing, an amazing, an amazing play. And he does that, and he makes Taylor Heineke look good, and I know Taylor Heineke appreciates that. Yeah, He actually is him. Yeah. There, there is a definitely yeah. a lot of love and that connection between Taylor and, and Terry, and it's worked out to the tune of back-to-back wins for those two, three wins in a row. Can we bring of- that up real quick? Um, EB stole that from me. Because I said it before EB said it. I've been saying it since his first couple of games of the year, just just so we understand each other between the uprights. <laughs> for our audio listeners, uh, between the uprights called out Stoner for the uh, the line there about marrying the daughter, said that EB from the junkies was the one to use it. So Stoner Stoner saw me put it up, and he was not going to let that one slide. No, I wasn't going to let that. I let a lot of this stuff slide. 
I wasn't going to let that one slide. But, I mean, come on, Nathan. I mean, he's – are there any qualities about him that you question? You know what no, I mean? No. On the field, I mean, off the I, I field, mean, locker room. There's a reason room. why I have his jersey hanging yeah. right behind me here. It's, yeah. uh, he's you know one of my favorite players. There's just a lot to love about him. And, and like I said, you know, all that stuff off the field is great. It's why you can cheer for him. It's kind of why mm-hmm. people cheer for Taylor Heineke is they feel like he's like your average Joe and he's overcoming adversity and all this other stuff. And so it's great. But if he doesn't win games, no one cares about no one that, cares. right? And right. with Terry McLaurin, if he doesn't perform on the field, no one cares that Stoner wants to, him to marry his fictional daughters. That's right. right? Don't so, even have one so, of them. But he's doing what he needs to do. He's actually 10th in receiving yards right now uh, so yeah, far. Do, do you have uh, on the stats there in front of you, do you have his um, – Yards per reception, because I think he's top five. Sixteen point eight. He's ninth right now. Ninth. Wow, that's that's impressive, my friends. Especially when the first part of the year we were like, "Where's Terry? Where's Terry? Where's Terry?" There's no doubt that that Taylor Heineke has a connection with Terry McLaurin. You just I mean, you just can't deny that. It's the same way you thought that would just transfer to Carson Wentz, and for whatever reason, Wentz had that connection with Jahan Dotson. Maybe it was the comfort in the off-season work that they did, and in uh, what, what's the um, not training OTAs. camp, training. OTAs when Terry wasn't there, right? So he got that connection with Dotson. It's the same thing. Heineke just has a connection with Terry, and now all of a sudden he's all the way up there in all the boards, all the the receptions, the yards, the the per game or per reception numbers, and he's going to end up with a hundred receptions for. 1,200 yards and five, six touchdowns. It's quite possible, yeah. and he'll earn one of those top 100 spots. He'll be at least a top 15 wide receiver. Speaking of top guys here, we're going to bring Big Moose to guy. the house. Hey. Where's Good the, uh, where's the clapping, Nathan? Oh, yeah, I got to get the clapping. Hey. I'm slacking over here. How y'all doing today? Doing great. How are you doing? Man, I'm just excited about this win, y'all. I mean, this has been such a crazy win. Um, I was looking at the TV screen like, you know what? I'm probably just going to go ahead and call it a night, put on a scary movie. Let me drown my pain, you know, in a <laughs> bottle of water. Um, and no, no. I mean, I was finishing up dinner, picking up plates. I turn around. Mm-hmm. I see Taylor do some weird backpedal. I'm like, all right, this is this is going somewhere. I just don't know where it's going. Yeah. And that's thing, you know, I see Stefan Gilmore with the ball. Yeah. I see Terry come in. And I mean, I got I got a ball right. I just have to put this thing down. Just muscle it out. It's crazy, man. I, I mean, this is two weeks in a row where it's just like it's come down to inches. Three weeks in a row where it has been down to the wire. It's just ah. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Isn't that it four weeks? Because don't we count yeah, the Titans? This is four because weeks. the Titans. Tennessee, 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 we, Tennessee, Tennessee we should have won. I so, mean. Just it's a, just been it's just been crazy, but um, I want to give a game ball to somebody who's not talking about. Uh, looking at the PFF grades right now, mm-hmm. we have two of the top five safeties in the league right now, y'all. Oh yeah, okay, Absolutely. like <laughs> like, and again, somehow we know what Cam Curl is. He's a beast. He's actually rated number one in the league right now. Mm-hmm. For y'all who don't know, but then Derek Ford's fifth round pick, yeah, coming in making an amazing play on the ball. I mean, putting his head where it need to be. Getting yeah. that ball out of Jonathan Taylor, very solid guy. 
getting that ball out. I mean, we had two turnovers. We're, I believe we're up to six now, so we're not we're not at one a game where I would like to be yet. But you know, we're getting there. We're getting yeah. there. And I just I'm liking this, man. I mean, we're winning games. All right. Yeah. Uh, at the end of the season, we're looking at win loss column. We're not looking That's at right. how it was or whatever. Don't forget, Tampa Bay won championship as a wild card team on the road. Okay. Mm-hmm. Like several teams have to do this. You just got to get into the dance and then you dance your way to the victory at that point. But as long as we keep doing this, I'm okay with it. I'm not okay with Heineke. <sighs> okay. He is who he is. We got that, right? Okay. <laughs> he is yeah. who he is. I I need you to play with all your heart. I don't need you to leave it all on the field, per se, every time, just for any throw. Um, you can only close your eyes but so much and just hope that it comes down for Terry. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's been working for him so far, but yeah. Well, what were you what were you before, let's say, you know, before the season? Were you a a, a Wentz, Heineke, or Howell guy? Um, I was a Wentz guy, $28 million needs to buy you something. Mm-hmm. Last time I checked, if you gave me $28 million for a job, mm-hmm. I am, I, I believe I'm expected to do that job. I but if you don't know. do the job, they're still going to give you $28 million. And that's ridiculous. But hey, if you can get that contract, <laughs> shout out to you. Man, okay? right. If you could, if that's you could right. find somebody to pay you for it, they agreed yeah. upon it. All right. But, I, um, I was, I was under that and I was under the assumption that, Hey, Taylor, you're going to need to find your spot on this team because Howe had a decent preseason and it's not looking good for you. So if you want to talk about the beginning of the season, I thought this was going to be the end of Taylor. We were going to shop him before the, uh, before this week, actually. I thought we were going to shop him around week three, uh, week three, week four, see if we can get for Taylor, possibly get a third or fourth round out of it at that point. Somebody mm-hmm. who's desperately looking for a backup who knows it's not going to work out. I actually thought Taylor might end up in Indianapolis just in case it wasn't working out with Matt Ryan which it looks like it didn't, but they have Sam Ellinger. It's, he had a decent game for a rookie who's never took a, a, uh, a regular season snap. Sure. I'm not going to say, you know, it was the worst thing I've seen before. Um, uh, we could go down the quarterbacks that have played here. Uh, <laughs> you know, yeah. you know it's, not, it's not the worst thing I've seen, but, you know, it was, it was an okay game. But for him to come back and, again, uh, really be – I'm not going to say counted out, but really be counted as, hey – you're back to back up like we never saw you with the long run. And now Ron has to kind of pivot again and say, hey, buddy, you know, we always have faith in you. Uh, come on. Yeah. Come on back and start. Uh, you know, if I'm if I'm him, I'm looking for a starting spot, to be honest. I'm not looking to stay with the commanders. Uh, I know he's up for his contract. I'm, I'm, I'm hearing everything out. I'm hearing everything out from all 32 teams. If I don't find a, a starting spot, then I'm going to talk with the commanders, see if I can get a contract going. But if I'm him, well, what I'm, if they what if they give you the starting spot? If what you if get a starting spot, hear me out. If you get a starting spot, it's gonna come with some starting money. Now he's sure. not gonna get he's not gonna get twenty five thirty million a year, right? But if he gets, that, he could probably get Fitzpatrick's ten million. Got to remember, Fitzpatrick signed for for ten million dollars. Absolutely, for, for, for Taylor. I'm looking at around the fifteen to seventeen mark. If he can get that, okay, we we can make that happen. Again, the thing with Taylor is we're not giving up a draft pick for him. We're not have to lose any capital for him. We're losing cap space. The cap space is meant to be it's meant to be used. I'm mm-hmm. I'm never a fan of keeping cap space. Like what are you keeping yeah. that for? That's, not even a penny. Yeah, that's hoarding. That's right. that's, that's Can't hoarding. Keep it with you, right? You do that. But yeah, like use Can't that cap space up. Like I always say we're under the cap, we're under the cap. That means that we went discount on something. That means that we didn't use the money effectively here. Um yeah. so like I want to see 
him really figure out where, where he wants to be. But again, I love I love Taylor, but if I was him, I'll be shopping. I'll be shopping trying to figure out who wants me next. Let's uh, go to the the chat here. Big Simple four twenty two hey, asks: up, Is uh, Terry's catch better than Santana Moss's catch versus the Cowboys on Monday night? This was the first time since that two thousand five Monday night game that Washington's was was able to come back from two scores in the fourth quarter. Which one you got here for Big Simple? Uh, what do you think was better, Terry's catch or Santana's Moss catch on the, in that 2005 game? I remember both those catches. It's crazy. Um, man, I'm getting old, bro. I thought, <laughs> okay, all right, cool, cool. <laughs> um, yeah, 2005. Jesus, like what, 17 years ago? Um, I'm definitely going with this Terry catch, and here's why. Um, the Cowboys catch was great against a rival when it still was a decent rivalry at that point. I think mm-hmm. now we can say. You know, the love's kind of lost there. Um, This was Terry coming home in Indianapolis in his home field, his home turf, somewhere that he loved to be at that point. Uh, He grew up a Colts fan. This is a guy who was very, in my opinion, very looked over, even from uh, college at that point. Urban Meyer's not really believing in him. From an undrafted QB. Now, both these guys in the NFL making it large, and you do it on this stage here. Last of the game, I got to give it to Terry, man. I got to give it to Terry. And just the, I mean, just stepping over Stefan Gilmore with the AI step, like this is my city. You can't, and you can't beat that part. You can't beat that part. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And, yeah, and if Terry, gotta love that energy if, there. If Terry doesn't catch that, and assuming they end up losing, then this is a whole different season outlook at this point at three and five, losing to a terrible team. Yes. This, you know, so He's the hard. importance of the catch might even be bigger as well. I'll be honest. If we lost this game, we go back to talking about off the field stuff, and yeah, I hate that. But right. We definitely go back to talk about off the field stuff, and we definitely go back to the Dan rhetoric, to everything else. We start talking about all that off the field stuff. This right here puts it right back on where fans want to be consecrated. Everybody wants to be on the field. We all want to look at the field. That's that's what that's what we care about as mm-hmm. football fans. We care about the field, and that catch right there put us back on the field, mm-hmm. and it really. It really made people feel like something's going here. And that's, again, that's all you can ask for in the sport. And that's why I got to give it to the Terry Catch again because it put it back on the field. Yeah. Three for three, then we're going to go with that Terry Catch. And maybe it is some recency bias, but I did rewatch that 2005 clip where Santana Moss double touchdown from Mark Brunel to, uh, to win the game. Uh, special. You love beating Dallas, but I, I think it's the. It, it, you guys talking kind of that importance of the catch. I think also just the difficulty of the catch compared to Santana mm-hmm. Moss. One of those, and Gus Bus brought it up in his comment section. Uh, Santana Moss just ran by two guys, like just straight up, just like smoked mm-hmm. uh, the the defensive backs. Terry smoked his. It was an underthrown pass from Taylor Heineke. And he just climbed the ladder mm-hmm. and caught it. And, and somebody I saw, I, I don't know, I can't credit somebody for this, unfortunately, because I, I don't remember who said it. But someone talked about how Terry McLaurin catches underhand, and he's still probably one of the best, like you know, high point catchers in yeah. the NFL right now. Because he doesn't like he go, just, he doesn't go up like this and get it. He goes up mm-hmm. like this and gets. He it. makes a pass that he comes yeah. down with, and it. then he, and then he still rips it from a guy from way up here. Yeah, it's it's. I also love the football IQ of that play going back to the quarterback when the play's breaking down. 
mm-hmm. having the wherewithal. And again, this is the connection you guys talked about with Heineke and, and, and Terry here. Heineke gives him the hand. Terry sees it, makes eye contact. Hey, I know what to do. And that play happens. I will be honest with every fan right now. That play does not happen with Wentz. And we know that does not happen. Yeah, it, yeah that you're right. connection is not there. That I don't, again, no fault to either man here. Just connections happen how they happen. But that play me. and that communication does not happen with Wentz. Yeah, and, and it was the same with uh, the week before against Green Bay. Wentz doesn't make that throw to the sidelines uh, to Terry where he caught it in front of Alexander to get that crucial first down and, and allow more clock or more time to come off the clock. Wentz doesn't make that throw. And again, that's no that's no knock against Wentz. He just doesn't have the trust in Terry that that Taylor Heineke does, which is a you know, which is it's different. It's hard, it's hard to sit there and say, we know what Taylor Heineke is. We know he's not, you know, he's not the future of bringing this team into the next level in the NFL. We all know that, but for right now, he's the best thing. And we're going to ride this connection between him and Terry and his moxie, his uh, energy, his, his leadership, whatever it is, we're going to ride it as long as we possibly can until, until we can't until something happens and we're all going to sit here and say, well, it was fun while it lasted. I'm thinking about the people who have rings in this league, quarterbacks. I mean, we're talking about people like Trent Dilford, and they're funny. I name another one, Joe Flacco. Mm-hmm. These aren't like crazy guys here that was making crazy plays, but they Joe Flacco had a connection with his running back at his own line, and they built around that at that point. Terry and Heineke have a connection. The O line has a connection with him. Why not build around that? Why not yeah. build a solid base? If, if you're going to be the defensive team that you want to be, why not have a solid base on offense, build a really, really, really good O-line for him? You have the receivers now. Somehow we got to get Cam Sims the ball more. Again, when he touches the he ball. He was out there for a lot of snaps. Yeah. yeah, he just comes down with it. The one time he gets to catch, the one time he comes down with it. So it's like, hey, look, I like, I like that. He has connections. People like that he gets it. I also like how Taylor really – he's the first quarterback I've seen in Washington in a very long time that treats their number ones like a true number one. Yeah. There's no doubt in my mind that he knows when he needs to get the ball out, he goes to Terry and he gets that ball to him, and he trusts Terry to come down with it. And therefore, Terry has the trust to make sure that he's going when he gets that ball in the air, that's going to be my ball. And I was thinking before I got on the show, actually, another person who did that was Matt Stafford. And the funny, it was in the Cowboys-Detroit Lions game down to the last wire with, um, with, with Megatron Johnson down there. He literally goes down. Johnson points his hands up. He's surrounded by five guys, and he throws it to him and comes down with that catch. And that's what number ones do. When you have a number one and you trust a number one, hey, bro, this is going to you. I'm going to get the ball there. You figure it out from there, and that's what he does. After that Monday night game against Philly, let's replay everything that we're saying here and see if we're, like, if we're nuts, if we're crazy. Uh, You know, this is – this you is know? a good date. This is a good yeah, date. You're right. talking this to my man. Date. We're just yeah. going we, we, to enjoy Stay it. Stay with the pauses. That's a victory <laughs> Monday. I got the onesie on. It's, it's got to be a good time. One of the ways that Washington was in the chance to take this game with Taylor Heineke was that defense was just mm-hmm. absolutely playing lights out. You mentioned a couple uh, – those couple turnovers. You mentioned Cam Sims and Defoe. 
Jonathan Allen continues to be a nightmare up mm-hmm. front, mm-hmm. Uh, just abusing Quentin Nelson, three-time All-Pro. Big moves. What you got on the the defensive side of the ball, uh, making those stops? I mean, Jamin Davis with that huge, huge uh, goal line stop there. He was he was back there. It was a couple times that we were back there to meet the running back before they got the ball. Now, that's not that like Ellinger didn't get a little comfortable in that pocket and started stepping up in it. That's not that like, you know, he didn't have a couple of runs there as well. Mm-hmm. You know, that's not that like Jonathan Taylor did break off a couple as well. Like we had, uh, 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 but he had 11. His name is escaping me right now. Uh, Pittman. Pittman. Did yeah. Yeah, Pittman, mm-hmm. Pittman didn't, didn't go off a couple of times. Mm-hmm. Um, this, it's a great, it's a great front that allows explosive plays and, I need them to find that. I, I need them to patch that hole sometimes. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it is. Um, it seems like guys got a little bit too freelancy towards the end, just trying to make a play when a play wasn't there to be made um, instead of playing assignment. Uh, I like I like my defense is born. I like it born, man. When we get mm-hmm. to the quarterback, we put it down. They don't get a first down, we get off the field. That's all That's all I'm looking for. I like a turnovers are great. You know what's even better? A three and out. Okay, like I'll just I'll, I'll just take a consistent three and out versus you trying to go for that turnover. We got two turnovers in the game. That's great, but I'm looking for consistent three and outs here. So Jonathan Allen is getting back there. Deron Payne is getting back there. Montez Sweat was caught flat footed a couple of times, especially in that red zone, um, a three yard run. He was caught flat footed there. We know he's not an East West guy. He crashes down. Um, it kind of got him there. Jamin Davis is the biggest quiet story with they watched him right now mm. i mean we had all the hype and the drama before jdr we had the uh the criticized 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 tweet and now he's playing some just solid football he's i'm not gonna say he's proven to be the highest draft pick yet but he is he took that step up we talked about in the offseason everyone said jamin davis he needs to take a step up he has he's getting mm-hmm. stops the speed is there um, I don't feel like we lost too much when not having Holcomb here. I don't feel like we lost something. But the way that Jamin Davis played, he's coming in to his own. That's all you can ask for and a player at that point. Like I said, our safeties are doing great too, man. So mm-hmm. I think it. I think it's the corner play we got to figure out a little bit. St. Juice got burnt on that forty yarder. Surprisingly, yeah, it happens. It's been, it's been pretty. Yeah, sad. it happens. It That's happens. Right. Uh, we're not. You know, this is a passing. We know this is the offense first league. That's what gets the viewing. They're going to make sure you get that. With that, can't get too much hands in there. Wild Goose, he tried to save a touchdown, got the obvious DPI. I understand those plays. Again, I don't agree in them, but you got to do what you got to do to prevent a touchdown. If we could just find a way to get those less penalties going, play you know, play the ball a little bit more than the player. Again, we're not looking for the huge turnovers, but just play the ball. When the ball's in the air, do what you got to do. Give that one look back and then get your hands back in it. You know, they say you got to be looking for the ball if you're going to make contact. Just that stuff. But I think um, I think Del Rio was playing for his job a couple of weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Now I feel like he's starting to really take command, no pun intended, mm-hmm. of his defense. Yeah, I Always think, pun intended. Always yeah. pun intended. I th- what I noticed when I, when I went back and rewatched and when I was watching the defense – I looked for three things. One was I was looking for the blitz rate, how many times Washington blitzed. And I'll be honest, I don't think they blitzed once. Now, they had four, and sometimes they had a five-man defensive line, but I don't think they blitzed once. I, I think they just said, 
our D line can can get there on their own. We don't need to blitz, and we're not going to let uh, uh, Jonathan Taylor beat us up the middle. So they had their linebackers in there along with Cam Curl down in the box, right? Uh, and I also watched Jonathan Allen absolutely destroy Quentin Nelson play after play after. I saw twice he picked up Quentin Nelson. Okay, yeah. picked him up yeah. bull, by bull rushing, got him off the ground. I said, "Oh my goodness, this guy is unbelievable." And I watched Jamin Davis, and the one mistake I saw Davis make was that long run by day uh, by um. What's his, what's his name? Jonathan Taylor. Jonathan Taylor. Mm-hmm. Um, for whatever reason, he hit the same hole as Mayo hit, right? And that left the other hole wide open, and he went through there. But otherwise, he was stellar. He got beat on the pass to uh, Naheem Hines down towards the goal line. That's one of those things, like you said, that happens. But I like what they're doing. I don't. They're they're like you said. They're 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 playing almost boring, which is great which is what they need to do. And I think this is something that can be effective down the road. I think I, I think defense is built to last. I think we finally got that, and that's great. Don't get me wrong. I love that. You got to stop it somehow. But it's the NFL. This ain't college. Mm-hmm. I need you to score 21, and I need you to score yeah. 21, 28. Mm-hmm. To get, that, to get that, to that's, that's precisely where I was going to go next here as Commando comments. Let's enjoy the win, but also not get ahead of ourselves. The three teams we just beat are bad teams. Mm-hmm. Let's see what we can do against the Vikings and the Eagles. And we don't get ahead of ourselves here on the day after reckoning. This is a victory Monday, so we are gonna we we do tend to keep that a little bit positive. But like you're talking about there, uh, big moves is that uh, it's it's one of those things like you're not going to win a lot of games scoring 17 points. Mm -mm. So what does this offense need to do, you know, differently to get it moving? Because you're going to see Taylor Heineke for those next two games against the Vikings, against the Eagles. So what do they need to do to score more than 17 points? Cause the defense played as about as well as it could, you know, held the opposing team to 16 points, two turnovers, uh, be, you know, just wonderful goal line stand. So what does the offense need to do to improve based off what you saw yesterday? I'll be honest. I know people don't want to hear this. Brian Robinson's a, he is turning out to be a very decent running back, but he is a rookie still. He is he is blasting through the old line before his blockers can even get set sometimes. It's like, hey, hey, I need you. I need you to let that develop. You know, I need you to let that develop to get through there. You can't you can't just put the whole team in your back and try to get two yards of play. It's not going to work out like that. And um, with that, using Gibson a little bit more, we know Gibson has the patience. Also, where's J.D. McKissick? I know he's on the roster. I, 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 Do we I need him? Every day. Do we need he, him right now? He actually saw as many snaps as Gibson. Just uh, usage rate has been it's, very it's, it's much plummeting. down. It's plummeting. I do, I do think we still should use J.D. McKissick. Again, I think Brian Robinson – should be the third. He should come in in your jumbo package, which I think we definitely need to do more jumbo packages, especially down there at that goal line stance. And please get rid of the shotgun uh, running on fourth down. Oh, that just makes no – That drives me insane. It baffles me why you want to start five yards insane. back. <laughs> it, just, it just baffles me. But it's a smart coaching like that, which I will say, something that no one's given Turner credit for. He did not make the same mistake twice. We That's went right. down to the red zone. He said, yep. Taylor, get your behind right in there and get yep. that ball in there. So I like that. That shows that we're growing. That shows that we're learning from our mistakes. We need to continue to do that. We need to continue to make sure, hey, Brian Robinson, we want to see you succeed. 
but you got to learn how to run more. You're going to sit behind Gibson. Gibson is going to be your number one back for now. He has the most, he has the most advantage of what we're looking for. We need you in the drummer package. You're going to come in. We're getting Curtis Samuel the ball. I like to see him. Finally, he's on the field consistently. He's taking hits. We know he can get back up. Great. Terry needs more than four catches a game, four targets a game. That's that's just not working. I mean, don't get me wrong. The four that he's getting are great. Mm. You see that? They're great. But if he did four in the last minutes, where was he the first quarter? Where was he the second quarter? Yeah. Okay. Like, like we need to we need to figure that out. And also, Camps is a six five. He's six five. There shouldn't there shouldn't be a corner yeah. matchup that works for him. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm not a Cam guy, but be. I get it. Like, I I I think he has proven to have the hands. Again, I do think that like we talked about with Wentz having that connection. I just, I just don't think Taylor has that connection with him. Mm. So if the connection's not there, got to figure out a way for him. Also, we're getting healthier. We're going to get Young back. We're going to see what happens there. And we're going to mm. get Dotson back. We're going to see what happens there. And you know who else we're going to get back there? We're sleeping on Sam Cosme. Correct. Sam Cosme coming back. And they might move him to guard because Lucas is playing pretty well out there. So, I mean, Cosme coming back for Trey Turner. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Trey awesome. Turner did actually have a good game according to PFF. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. <laughs> you know, um, a PFF will give you some grades. I'll put it like yeah, that. Yeah, I know. Sometimes I just can't agree with that. I, I only use the, their stats when it favors my argument. Oh, oh that's exactly <laughs> right? what I do. Come on. <laughs> exactly. What I do. That's the only time. So ju- just like everybody else. <laughs> right. All right. Before we let you go there, let's go ahead and get some go-go's and no-go's. So, uh, big moves. Who was a go-go for you? Who's 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 you know for this game? Yeah, you know, who did exceptionally well? Um, oh, we know the obvious, of course. Yeah, you can theory. do. Yeah, you, you can know, just we, skip we got that. Yeah, uh, <laughs> a big a big go-go for me actually would would be Scott Turner. Uh, I know mm-hmm. it was not the best throughout the game, but when he had to turn it up for some reason, this man loves playing behind. He he refuses to play ahead. Um, and you know. I guess that is what it is, but when he comes from behind, um, he he's learning again. Like that last play for the touchdown, that really gave me the hope that hey, okay, he's not trying to outsmart football. Hmm. He's seeing what is there and he's taking what is there, and he's taking his own advice. He told Terry, "Take what the defense gives you," and he's going to take the play calling that he sees on the defense. I'm gonna rush these guys down to get in and get the points on the board. Also, we're gonna take the field goal. I thought that was a great move to take the points where they were given, mm-hmm. taking that field goal. That was great. All all praise to him for that. Um, for the no-goes, honestly, right now, uh, the no-goes for me is going to have to be the O-line. Um, let's be honest. Taylor's really, really making them look better than what they are. Mm-hmm. Uh, his elusiveness is making them seem like, oh, you know, the O-line's getting it together. They're not. This guy just happens to run like a four six and is able to get out the pocket extremely <laughs> fast. Uh, yeah, like <laughs> a reminder with Taylor Heineke uh, under center last year, they were a top five offensive unit. So correct. That they, was also had a couple of people change from last year. I'm about to say that was also with the top five guard in there who is now down in uh, Jacksonville. But uh, with, with that, that online has to figure it out. They're playing better, but. Going from a D to a C is still not a passing grade, in my opinion. Mm. So they can just – we still got to elevate. Can we all get in Cosme back and see if he can be healthy in there? Cornelius Lucas is playing healthy. Leno is playing better. 
Like, I'm liking to see the gel going on. Also, um, our center, Tyler Lawson's actually doing a really good job right, mm-hmm. right now. I thought he did yeah, an he's amazing starting, job. starting to find his okay. own in there. Yeah, he, he's really being a true center. I saw him in this game pointing out the defense. That's something that I, had, that I haven't seen in three weeks here. I haven't seen a setter really get down there, truly point out the defense to give that command to Taylor. Taylor needs that. Taylor needs that from his center, and he's able to get that. But that O-line needs to figure it out. But, hey, you guys, just want to say thank you very much for having me on. It uh, means a lot. I've been watching y'all shows since y'all started. I never thought I'd get here, so this right here is a blessing. Thank y'all so much, man. It means so much. Hey, we appreciate having you on. Where can our viewers find you? Oh, absolutely. Uh, all socials are going to be at Big Moves Time. It's right there in the name. Come on, follow. I host the show every Tuesday at 8 p.m. It's the Big Moves Time show. I actually give out the uh, link to you guys. Y'all can come on the show. Air your grievances out. But we don't have to do that right now. We on, we on a three-win <laughs> streak. So if, if, if you want to, tell me why you're happy. Tell me what you're looking for against Minnesota and Kirk's homecoming, if you will. So I'm excited for that. Again, go Commanders. I we still got to figure out the nickname. Uh, I've heard JP Finley on the radio just still calling them skins. It's just not the full name at that point. It's skins until we find something better. Uh, I can't, I can't find a way to shorten down commanders in a uh, in a politically correct way. So we just gonna go with skins from now on. So there you go. All right. It's all good. All right, we appreciate your big moves joining us. Like you said, you hit them up at Big Moves Timus. You'll be live tomorrow at eight o'clock. So make sure you check that out. Appreciate Thank you, my man. Yeah, man. Appreciate you, brother. All right, let's get our connections in here right oh, now yeah. with the go goes and no goes. Hit up that comment section. Let us know who you have as a go go and a no go stoner. Big moves said that you know he he picked. Uh, you know, the offensive line is a no-go, and as a go-go, he took uh, Scott Turner, which was a bit surprising yeah. in a 17-point game. Who do you have? Yeah, I mean, uh, there's there's the obvious is already. Um, I mean, I just love watching Jonathan Allen play defensive tackle. And it's we're not overstating how great he's been this year. He's been unbelievable, but I'm not going to use him. That's how I cheat. So I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with Jamin Davis. In in preseason, Trev was calling him a bust, and I was just about with him. You were. You were. You I both were really piling good. on the young man. I had to defend him. You're right, and I was like, ah, maybe Trev. I'm I'm almost there, but he has turned a corner, and I I watched him a lot of this game. He's flying around. He's hitting dudes hard. It's just totally different from last year. In this game, he was he was putting the hurt on a couple of guys on, a, on some of those plays. And that third and one at the goal line was huge, a huge play. And by the way, the play before that, when Pittman should have gotten into the end zone, but I believe it was Curl and McCain. Uh, no, it was Curl and Davis, sorry, that mm-hmm. stopped him a half a yard short that set up that third and yep. one davis uh loss so i'm going with jamin davis for my go-go yeah absolutely i i would have gone with jamin if uh if you didn't uh and so because you did i'm gonna go yeah. with another one he he it was kind of a, a bit of a quiet game which is interesting to say something like that because he did have a um a, a fumble uh uh forced fumble and oh, that's cam curl 
Cam Curl. I was Derek Forrest who had the Force Fumble. Defoe had it. I thought it was the helmet. Yeah. Was it Defoe was on yeah, the helmet? Well, Cam That's Curl right. and Defoe, the, the, the two of them will be my go-go because those two, that tandem for safeties, I mean, they're, you know, we only use the PFF when it favors our argument. <laughs> Going to have to use it here because both of those guys are playing absolutely wonderful. Mm-hmm. You know, this defense is still gives up those big plays. You saw that a little bit. I don't think that's really on the defensive line or our safety play. I think that really does come down to, you know, usually it's Cole Holcomb, uh, some just good offensive play calling, uh, stuff like that. But those, those two are doing a wonderful job at the safety position, holding things down. And I think that going forward, I feel pretty confident that that duo is going to be good for Washington. So hopefully mm. that's going to be what we see here. Uh, Commander Lorian, go, go as Stoner ceiling fan can take a shot. Yeah, yeah man. It, it should be a go, go. Oh yeah. Go, go. I thought it's a go, go. It's yeah, a go, yeah. go. It took a, it took a beating and, and it's still going. Uh, Doug has taken go, go Samuel good. moving very the stick good. so many times. Yeah. We saw that, uh, his first game kind of last season, right. Where he had like four catches, three of them went for first downs. This is what he's, uh, what he's been doing now is he just been, you know, getting, you know, moving those chains, being that safety outlet, being that gadget player, uh, and doing some wonderful things there. Let's go to the no-go side. This is, again, uh, big moves. Timus took the offensive line, mm-hmm. which is fair. They, there was, like you mentioned, 50% pressure rate uh, that, you know, they gave up two sacks. Where, where are you putting the no-go, though? Yeah, I was going to piggyback on that and give it my same no-go as last week, which was Chris Paul, because Chris Paul can't even unseat Trey Turner or a good game. Charles. Uh, yeah, but PFF says so. Uh, but I'm not going to. I'm going to go with the Colts. Okay, the Colts were horrific. And Frank Reich, he should be playing for his job, but he's he or coaching for his job. It looks like he's coaching as though he's safe for next year. All those fourth down plays that that he punted and just a just a very safe game plan throughout and and I mean but the Colts were bad. Um, Ellinger fumbled at the Washington 22-yard line. Okay. Um, Jonathan Taylor fumbled at the Washington 21-yard line. Right. Pittman should have been able to walk into the end zone on that um, end around where Curl and Davis stopped him a half yard short. I mean, he had so much room, but he decided to go right at Davis and Curl with all that room. I mean, that, that was dumb. And then, of course, they had a third and one. And what do they do? Shotgun and hand it off, and he gets stopped in the backfield. Just just dumb. Uh, they gave up a fourth fourth and six and a fourth and one on two scoring drives for Washington in the fourth quarter. Just think if you're a, a Colts fan this morning, by the way, and this is all going on. Ellinger gave himself up a half yard before the first down. He gets that first down. The game might have been over at that point. Um. Then they didn't go for it, right? First, they used the timeout to challenge when everybody in the stadium knew that challenge wasn't going to work. Then they didn't even go for it on fourth and one. You should be coaching for your job, right? Go for it. Go for it, you wuss. Um, <laughs> and let's Bring see. Bring out the name calling here. Then the fourth and one that Washington had that Taylor should have been stacked, but he stepped backwards and then scrambled to the right and dumped to Curtis Samuel. And the 50-50 to McLaurin, Stephon Gilmore definitely should have 
been able to knock that down at the very least. And then on their final drive, when they just need to get in field goal range, Ellinger uh, threw a, a strike to Pittman, streaking down the middle of the field, right about midfield, and he just dropped it. I mean, the Colts are horrific. Yeah, the Colts definitely did a lot to lose the game they did yesterday. So much and Washington was wanting to give it away as much as as so even though they the Colts were the ones who had the two turnovers, I'm with Gus Bus on uh or sorry, Commandalorian rather. Uh my no-go is is just the offensive unit in total. Yeah. 17 points. That's trash. You know, whether or not that's Scott Turner, whether or not it's it's Taylor Heineke, whatever the case may be, yeah, you just gotta score more points to that. You got two turnovers and you can't you can't punch it in, you can't do anything off those turnovers. Yeah, just absolutely just you know, the defense cannot continue to bail out this team. The offense is going to have to put it together, and so my no-go is gonna be that offense. You, so. you just went through a, a, the gauntlet, the quarterback gauntlet, okay, of Ryan Tannehill, Justin Fields, uh, Aaron Rodgers, an exception, and Sam Ellinger, okay? And your defense did what it's supposed to do. Now they're going to go up against Kirk Cousins. Um, What's his name? Kirk Cousins. Jalen, uh, Hurts. Jalen Hurts. I don't even know who's after that. What, Houston maybe? Yeah. Houston, Atlanta. Atlanta. So this defense may struggle for the next couple weeks, but then you've got a couple of, you know, you've got Houston, Atlanta, New York, New York. I think that's how it goes. Yeah. So it's going to be Minnesota, Philadelphia at Houston, Atlanta, New York, New York, San Fran, Cleveland, Dallas to finish the season. So they can continue this. This defense can. They're going to have some days where they're going to give up 30 points or whatever, but I mean, remember the beginning of the year and most of last year when they're giving up 30 points every week and we were like, oh my gosh, this defense is horrible. Well, they figured it out. And yes, they haven't been playing great quarterbacks, but still, they're doing it. You, you, play, you play your schedule yeah. and the end, they're, and again, we, we've had this talk, right? You got to beat the, the bad teams. They're beating the yep. bad teams and that's what they expect. At the end of yep. the season, all the people care about is wins and losses. So if you're in the playoffs, they don't say, well, yeah, but you only beat, you know, this team and that team. So what? You're in the playoffs. You're in the dance. And you got a chance. All right. Let's get to the last step of the day here, which is pay up. All right. This is good Stoner, stuff. Right Stoner's happy. So it must be a must have been a good day for him. <laughs> you can read me like a book. Um, so our score predictions were Trev said 27-9, Washington. I said 24-10, and Nathan said 24-16. So I think Nathan was probably the closest. Uh, I, mean, I got 16 North. points. on. Not only did I say they had to get 16 points, I said they were going to be driving for the victory, and we were going to have to sweat it out. Um, that's what I okay. said. Yeah, yeah. I said it because I, I said that they 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 were going to make us sweat it out because that was that's why I put them at sixteen because it was possible that they could get a touchdown and the two point conversion to send it overtime wow. and uh, and so they were on a drive. Yeah, and then Washington <laughs> got to Sam Ellinger. So love to see it. No points for that. No um, points for that. Gotta... All right, dollar dollar. First one was Stoner and Trev said McLaurin would have at least eighty five yards re- uh, receiving, and he did. And Nathan said, no, he would not. So 
Nathan with the negative there. I went against my man McLaurin. You did, man. You did. I want to see the tape on that one. I don't <laughs> I feel like that's that's a lie. That was the very that, first one. Uh Trev said that Heineke would have two picks, that he only had one. So Stoner and Nathan get a dollar on that. Stoner said Jonathan Taylor would have a hundred yards rushing. What did he have? Sixty something, I think. He had pulled up here. Seventy six yards. Seventy six. So Nathan and Trev got a dollar on that. All right, all right. Pretty even so far. Nathan said that B Rob and Gibby would have a touchdown. Only Mm -hmm. Gibby had a touchdown. So Stoner and Trev take a dollar on that. Got a got a bit greedy on that one. Um, Stoner said that Gibby would have a return to the forty yard line. He did not. So uh, only Trev took that one. Yep. You abstained. I, I abstained that one. Trev By the said, way, oh. if they didn't sneak that uh, that one in with Taylor Heineke, you know that yeah. was going to go to B-Rob. Yeah, B-Rob was in the game. And by the way, B-Rob flew up to the, the line of scrimmage to, and to push, push yeah. Heineke Absolutely. if needed. So I think they've been listening to our show because we've been uh, harping <laughs> on that. Harping on that one, yeah. Uh, let's see. Trev said that Ellen Ellinger would have 47 yards rushing. He did not. I think he only had like maybe 18 or I'll something like that. Check here, but yeah, he he did not have that. He had uh, 15 yards 15. rushing on six. Nathan and Stoner uh, got the dollar on that. Okay. Nathan said that Ellinger would have 35 plus passing attempts. He only had 23. 23. Yep. Trev. And Stoner took that. Then Stoner doubled down and said he won't even have 30 pass attempts. (laughs) So Stoner took that, and Nathan and Trev both lost out on that one. Yeah, I just thought that they were going to pass the ball a little bit more and that Washington was going to have some success stopping the run. And Washington didn't really have success stopping the run. Uh, Indianapolis Ran for uh, 29 times for 135 yards. That's 4.7 yards a clip. And, you know, it just didn't work out. So didn't they They ended up, uh, you know, sticking with the run for longer yeah. than I thought they were going to. Yep. Frank Reich is the most conservative coach I've ever seen. Uh, Stoner and Trev said that Logan Thomas would have a touchdown. And he did not. So Nathan got that one. Trev browbeat me into taking the Fuller interception. <laughs> so Trev and Stoner said Fuller would have an interception. Nathan said no. Um, Nathan and Trev said that Gibby would have 100 yards from scrimmage. He did not. He got fairly close, but he, he did was not. 19 yards he like plus 70 something. 58. So yeah, yeah 76, 70, 70, yeah. Uh So Stoner got a buck on that one. And Trev and I did not. Correct. Okay. Nathan and Trev said that Curtis Samuel would have five rushing attempts. He had four. Oh, (laughs) so close. Owner took a dollar on that one. So close. And then we had. I love seeing Curtis Samuel back there and and using him as a weapon in that regard. It's it's really good. Um, And then Nathan had an in-game dollar-dollar over me that I don't remember exactly, but it doesn't matter, but you took a dollar there. Took a dollar from you. All right, so we got um, 
one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, minus one, two, three, four, five. So plus three for stoner. Yep. That's what one, I got. Two, three, four, five. One, two, three, four, five. So minus two for Trev. Yep. That's what I got. Uh, okay. That's even. That's even. Those are even. I was even on the day. That's what I got. All right. I'll eventually get a nice little graphic like I had up for uh, for Terry and uh, um, and uh, and Gibson and our man uh, Taylor Heineke for for that. So, but make sure we keep track of where those those go there. So it's uh, yeah, it's something. Uh, Gus Bus talking about Samuel looking bigger between the tackles than he does running routes in space. Yeah, I, he really does, uh, and he does such a great job. It's nice seeing him back there with B-Rob with, mm-hmm. uh, or with Gibson. You can There's a lot of dynamics, a lot of fun things you can do back there. Uh, I'd love to see it. It is, uh, it is the end of this show. We will be back Wednesday at 7.30 live, as we always are, on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter. Don't forget, this week, it's the Blackout Game. And I, I don't actually have it with me right now, but you can get yourself the Keep That Same Energy hoodie, T-shirt, uh, long sleeve tee. That is black, and that will look good right there in the stadium. So you can check that out on right here on our YouTube channel underneath the video, or you can check out our link on our Twitter page. Stoner, any last thoughts? Uh, yeah, get to... Uh, Armani Rogers a little bit more involved in the off offense. Would love to see that. I think he's. Would I think he's got something. That. I think he's got it, something that's going to help this team when Logan Thomas is probably not here next year. Yep, quite going to be a ca- casualty. We'll see how that all plays out. But until next time, what's that? Be a fan. Uh, You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.